United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I am the six Sour Patch Kids that I shouldn't have eaten. Ooh, and I'm Chelsea. I'm gonna start charging this fucking frog in my throat rent. That is just not pulling its weight around here. <sighs> That's because you are just like a walking, talking ball of mucus. Yeah, just phlegm. I'm like a phlegm factory. You're like that old Mucinex commercial, the little green man in the suit. <laughs> I think about that often when I take like any sort of like mucus destroying medication i'm like time to get evicted man and he's like a little mobster with his hat uh there has to be something going on um yeah you need to go to a real doctor and not whatever reiki fucking healer you find uh the reiki was for puffin and he fucking loved it so how no i'm saying (laughs) your doctor history is as stable as a reiki healer did I ever tell you, like, I got, so my regular, my regular general doctor is great. I fucking love him. I don't think I can say anything bad about him. The problem is, is the specialist that I get referred to, right? Didn't I yeah. tell you, like, I was supposed to go get, like, a whole bunch of ultrasounds to make sure I wouldn't just drop dead from similar things that happen to run in my family? Mm-hmm. And I made the appointment, and then I was showed up to, at Davis Hospital. They were like, who are you? And I'm like, I have an appointment. And they're like, what were you supposed to get done? I'm like, I was supposed to get, like, an MRI done of, like, my diaphragm to make sure I don't have any, like, blood clots in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they were just like, I don't even know if we have an MRI machine. I'm like, y'all let me make the appointment. I took the day (laughs) off work. Oh, my God. Before I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just die. So (laughs) that just happens, you know? That is American healthcare in a summary, baby. That's what it it is. Um, I, I know I've triggered, I don't know if I've triggered you or Taylor with this, but I sent you guys the pictures of me getting the dry needling done in my face. Yeah, that shit's so fucking gross. And they tried, my insurance was like, we're not paying for this anymore. And that doctor had a pissing contest with the insurance company because I got a voice memo or voicemail. And it was like, your insurance isn't going to pay for any more of this. Mm-hmm. And then I got a follow-up that was like, JK, we took care of it. I was like, hell yeah. Wow. Apparently all it takes is a light bomb threat. Yeah. Yeah. And just like a doctor being like, hey, you got to cover this. This is a long-term problem. Um, But as far as like being perpetually congested, I think I was born congested. I don't think that's true. I just think think you need to seek real medical attention. But um, anyway... Let let me let me yeah, break I, you off. I want to talk about this episode because I'm so sorry. <laughs> you should be. I feel and so I'm bad. sorry. I thought we were gonna go when I opened up what the episode was about tonight. I was like, "What have I done?" Um, so for just, I don't want. I'm so sorry for interrupting. For quick no, context, I'll sometimes think of things that I want to do an episode about, and I don't want to forget it, and I want to make sure that Noel is also aware of it. So I'll I'll say like for later and then i'll say like one word and it could it could be anything from like pilgrims saving this for later and i did vatican and uh i thought you wanted to talk about something else tonight so i just put this on the back burner well (laughs) here's the thing and let me let me now i'll tap in with where i came in so you said the vatican and like secrets of the vatican and like we've seen the da vinci code 
We have seen angels and demons. Yeah. We're like, this place has got to be chock full of them. Uh, and here's the problem. And here's the problem that I got onto once I started doing this and had to fucking commit to it. And it was yeah. just a slow, painful death. Um, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but Vatican City, the Vatican, the Catholic Church has been charged with a lot, a lot of pedophilic abuse and accusations. Well, I think, yeah, duh. Also, know, water is wet. <laughs> I know that might come as a shock to you, but like, actually, like, things are actually being talked about and like happening with it. And when you look up conspiracies of the Vatican, an upsetting amount of recounts of accusations pull up with it. And yeah, you what? definitely went a different route than what I was going to go. Yeah. And so then you end up having to like swim and drown through some of the worst, darkest shit you've ever seen and heard in your life. And what I ended up getting to from this is the Vatican secret archives. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm just playing around with the line spacing of this and just saying what aesthetically looks better for me. I was thinking more along the lines when I was thinking um, secrets of the Vatican was I was like, what do they keep in their basement? Is there a dinosaur? I'd love to know that. Do they have I mean, like, what if they like um, found Mary Magdalene's head, and then they've preserved it, and they've done DNA replication on it, and now we have a Mary Magdalene baby that they are now trying to grow. Uh, you know, fun stuff like that. But it looks like you've gone a very different route here. Yeah, but also kind of not. So we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, let's talk about Vatican City. Because as much as I love to shit on religion, there was like a lot that I didn't understand and or realize about the Vatican. And maybe that's just because my only understanding of it was from like a scene in Twilight. So here we go. You're muted. <laughs> You're still muted. <laughs> I'm curious what your baseline understanding or like conception of the Vatican is because I wonder if we're on the same page with that. Like I just assume the Vatican is the small city slash building where the pope lives and it's kept as like a sovereign state so that the church could literally rule that small chunk of land independent of surrounding government that's what i think of the vatican yeah so like i hadn't i knew that i knew like the weird facts right i knew that the vatican had its own like standing army um and i was like why i, don't know if I knew that yeah um and i knew that it was like independent of like rome italy mm -hmm. but i like didn't understand what that meant exactly i almost thought like is it like how washington dc is like a little like kind a little, of you know like I, yeah i is similar but distinct from yeah where it's it's within this containing landmass of either italy or the united states you know mm -hmm. And it's just specifically a piece carved out for some sort of doctrine. In DC's case, it's governmental doctrine, but then in the Vatican's case, it's religious doctrine. Is yeah, what I it, would interpret it as. 
Yeah. And, and it's almost kind of the, you know, the two different sides of the same coin when you think about it. So when, when you were doing, when you were really into the church and going to like all the camps and stuff, was it Catholic or was it just like non-denominational Christian? Um, non, non-denominational Christian. Okay. Um, the Catholicism that I experienced was in childhood. Um, that's drinking, you know, like the communion wine and the little Christ cookies on Sundays. Well, I mean, most, um, most religion, most Christian religions do that. Yeah. But, and my favorite part of Catholicism, if you can have a fa- favorite, is like the archive of different saints and stuff. That is like my fucking favorite thing to read about, to have. Like I have different saint pendants. I just think that stuff's fun. They're, like Catholicism is the fantasy of Christianity, I think. Well, I think like Catholicism is like the goth art house of Christianity yeah. because – like, isn't it that every holy site of a Catholic church, like the big ones, they have the actual remains or like a bit of something of a saint, like yeah, in the, the actual building? We covered that a bit in the Shroud of Turin episode where yeah. there was like a huge thing as to having like holy relics. Mm-hmm. And so there's some places where they literally have like, a preserved finger of like a fucking saint or things like that. And it's so morbidly interesting to me. Yeah. And like the, the, one of the coolest cathedrals is like a bone cathedral. Like it's just, it's so fucking heavy metal. And even when you look at their little outfits, like it is just, there's a reason why like Catholicism is a kink. There's a reason why you, you will never find an end to the supply of like Catholic inspired porn. And it is just, yeah, it is. is. It's why the St. Andrew's cross is like a pinnacle in the BDSM kink community. There's, there's a reason it is just kind of unfortunately fucking cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm obsessed with the Catholic church in a, uh, Like, obviously, there is an issue with organized religion. If you Mm -hmm. step, like, it's like I can separate out those fucking issues and be like, I am obsessed with the ritual of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, The I find that the mysteries of the Christian religion all come back to Catholicism. I don't think that same way about like being evangelical or uh, even like presbyterian to a point there's no mysticism there it's just very cut and dry type of religious belief and religious doctrine that may have had mysticism in it but it's been normalized i feel like there is a sense of mysticism in catholicism which i find so fucking cool uh and the fact like even when you look at the remains of like the saints that they have taken and they keep in their churches or like the bone cathedral of what you talked about Mm -hmm. or the mystery of the Vatican. I just don't feel like other religions have that. Like if you went to a fucking Baptist church, you go to the oldest Baptist church ever. And it's almost like, it's just architectural in a sense. But when you go back to Catholicism, if you go back to like the oldest Catholic church ever, you're like, holy shit, I'm seeing like seriously stuff that we don't understand mm-hmm. or can't comprehend here because there's – and it's the same with like other parts of human history, even though it's a little bit more modern, is there is a sense of the unknown to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why the Vatican is so interesting. Well, yeah, it's like one of the few mainstream religions that 
has a basis in Christianity and still has that kind of like um, that eerie, almost um, pageantry mysticism in what they're doing, what they're wearing, how they're saying it. Um, and even like their imagery, like the, the immaculate heart of Mary and the sacred heart of Jesus, that imagery of one heart wrapped in the thorns yeah. and the other heart on fire with a sword through it. It is just incredible. It, it, it is beautiful. And I also think that when it comes to like the imagery and art and architecture of Catholicism, that's where you get those haunting. Yeah. Like depictions of suffering because like that's baby, that's the core. I think that's why Catholicism ends up being so fucking metal is yeah. because at its core, it's all about suffering and guilt. And they show that in every possible way they can. Like yeah. you don't really get like a, warming mary you get like this morning crying bent over um same with like your depictions of jesus he is um withered and bent and broken and bloody and sunken in and um i think it's fucking amazing and it's yeah, the only thing cool about the catholic church because everything about them rots in hell but those motherfuckers know how to turn out looks and it's um Even Look at their cross that they worship, you know? Like, it's the crucifix with Jesus literally hammered on the cross. Other Christian religions, it's just the the traditional T, so to speak. Yeah, because they um, don't want you to forget the suffering and the pain and the misery, you know? That's why, like, the foundation of like Catholicism is confession and repenting. You always yeah. have to be repenting. Um, like, your existence is sin, and I don't know, man. It is just, like... it. it the and like the sainthood depictions like the glowing halos and just the gaudy fucking outfits dripped in fucking gold it's just gorgeous it's unfortunate it. how fucking cool they look yeah and there used to be a uh what is that called a mon yeah it's a monastery fairly close to us in huntsville um which is like a 40 minute drive um which I used to go there all the time and buy like honey and stuff like that. And like, there was just such an ethereal feel. Like I felt I was walking into like Rivendell where like these <laughs> mystical beings who live like a reality I will never fucking comprehend exist mm -hmm. in their day to day. And they were always so gracious and kind. Um, I don't think that those monks were necessarily problematic in the way that priests and stuff can be, but it was yeah. just so fucking amazing dude. And I have like the utmost respect for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's certain, definitely like I've, you know, we, I feel like people know how we feel about organized religion, but I feel like there's just such a mysticism that you can't really, like, you got to respect, you got to respect the game when it comes to like the beliefs that aren't, that aren't hurting children or people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know, especially with the saints, they fucking got it hook, line and sinker. They even have like fucking patron saint of like rape and stuff, which I feel like is that's dark it's yeah it is dark it is <laughs> but it's also like in a way progressive you know um to be like hey we're gonna validate all these people who go through this by martyring this saint to be a symbol of the suffering that comes with something like that and now you have a safe place 
of which to resonate in this horrific thing that happened. And I feel like a lot of times that is mit- that even miss is missing in modern times, right? Yeah. Um, or there's like a saint of women who suffer miscarriages and things like that. Like there are a lot of things that are really fucking cool. So like I feel like with with Catholicism, my kink, so to speak, has always been with like the the army of saints and like what they all represent because it's always so fucking cool but well i also think that there's a level of um like catholicism that reminds me of like the occultism of something like freemasonry or like the knights templar um everything that they do is so symbolic and ritualistic even if you go to like a catholic service it's a bunch of standing up and sitting down standing up and sitting. it's it's all that there's so much ritual to it and even the way that like they have they dress feels just like very occulty to me and um and i don't know it's just i i also think that's what adds to that like mysticism of it it's just there is something um like that untapped rawness of um like occultism that feels like it's intertwined with catholicism i mean catholicism is where you get the literalist interpretation of the suffering where you have self-flatulation you have you know putting nails in your shoes and walking a mile like it's just carrying the cross like literally um yeah they just take suffering to a whole new level and for those extremists there is just something i have to like respect about that because i'm just like god fucking damn like Uh, they're really doing it to it yeah and it's like just stop fucking fucking with kids you know it's like you're 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 fucking up a good thing because this could be something so cool no and harmless no it but was it's, well, it's, it's whole entire like, intention was to be harmful I like know, all of the greatest atrocities yeah. in human history like as far as tearing down cultures and ripping apart artifacts and education and literature and just destroying entire countries and continents and peoples and cultures has been at the hands of Catholicism. Its entire intention was to cover its hands in blood because they can just go sit in confessional on Sunday and repent for it or pay their way out of it. Do a few Hail Marys to get out of the genocide you committed. That's why Catholicism will also be and always will be the fucking worst. And it's like... You wish, you wish it didn't have to be that way. Imagine if it could be fucking cool. It's like Wicca, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know Wicca, I don't know. Like, sometimes when someone's like, I'm Wiccan, I'm like, oh, you just don't shower. Like, a very, like, <laughs> but it's like the worst thing that I go to is my ignorance, but it's not being able to actually cite atrocities that you've committed in the real world. Yeah. And um, it's just so, it's like, man. You could have been that harmless and that memorable, and yet you chose to just, you chose chaos and war. I mean, I think that was always the intention. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. We're going to talk about that kind of briefly for a second, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say. But let's talk about Vatican City. So... The Vatican is an independent city-state or micro-state that's like in an enclave within Rome, Italy. The Vatican became independent from Italy in 1929 with the Lateran Treaty. I don't know, public school. 
I don't really think this was a treaty. It was more like a hostage negotiation where the Catholic Church was given dominating rule, exemption from taxes and expropriation, which is the ability for the state to take your shit, and financial compensation from the Italian government. It is ruled by the Holy See, um, S-E-E, not S-E-A, which is just a D&D term for the Pope and his crew. The Holy See governs with full ownership, exclusive domain, and sovereign authority and jurisdiction. They are a sovereign entity of international law and maintain the city-state's diplomatic and spiritual independence. Despite being immune to taxes, the Holy See generates revenue from Catholic donations all over the world, the money brought in from tourism to Vatican City, investing, stocks, and bonds. The Holy See lives within Vatican City, but isn't technically Vatican City, hence these financial loopholes. Besides outright financial corruption behind Vatican City's walls, lays a little something called the Secret Archives. So the Vatican Secret Archives, or the Apostolic Archive, is the central building in Vatican City, um, and it is a building that holds all and any acts communicated by the Holy See. Um, the building is ruled by a pontiff, or basically a Catholic priest who graduated Catholic college, um, until his death when it's passed over to like his predecessor. See, that's and, the cool thing about like this type of stuff is it's like that adds to the secrecy where it's like only passed on through death. You know what I mean? It's like you're not retiring out of this spot. Yeah. Like you're in for oh, absolutely. life. Well, the, the secrecy is in, insane because like the Catholic Church ran into like some financial shit in 2015, but they haven't had an auditor consistently and like they've just missed them for years and everything about what they do financially is like very hidden and kept secret. Um, and so when they like came out saying like that they needed money and they need to reallocate funds or they need to like stop. Cause like they'll even invest like the fucking Vatican will invest in property and real estate. Yeah. Like they are doing because they are immune to like international laws and because this, the like Vatican is different than the Holy See. And so the Holy See can act as a body with money from the money that it takes from Vatican City, but like they're not considered the same entity. It's almost like one is considered a place and one is considered a person. Yeah. They just get to ride in secrecy and loopholes and corruption. Yeah. So it's fucking crazy. Um, it's also crazy that someone could have such an important job with a simple college degree. I mean, I guess it is important when you think about like all the shit that's in there. Like you don't you don't have to have a doctorate at least. You know what I mean? I know he just has to like go to f and and what do they even teach you in Catholic school? Like what are you graduating from? I, I, I know Protestant fucking- school or not Protestant Presbyterian school is fucking hard because they t- make you learn Hebrew and all this shit and it takes like it's almost like getting a doctorate. But I have no knowledge about Catholic. Catholicism. I mean, I bet it might be similar and the same. Like, they make you learn all this ancient shit, but... Yeah, but it's not like a commitment in the sense, like, because it's not like a celibacy-type commitment, you know? Like... I think they're celibate. This seems like a bigger deal. Well, the Catholics, yeah. <laughs> the you can be fucking, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So that's why yeah. I'm like, this seems like a bigger deal if you can't, like, have, like, yeah. a uh, romantic... And also, like, celibacy, wink. Like, come yeah, the fuck yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway. It's, uh, it's the same loopholes that you tend to see at BYU. 
Yeah, exactly. Just so. outbreaks of chlamydia in their armpit. Uh-huh. Um, and I wanted to note this here. Um, we've talked about it before, but a telltale sign of a cult is creating your own language phrases as a form of indoctrination and inclusivity to that specific ideology. And going through this and Catholicism in general, or maybe it's the fact that like I've been surrounded by Mormon special phrases made me forget how like the Catholic Church really just is the blueprint. They are the motherfucking blueprint when it comes to making up their own vocabulary. Yeah. Like uh, transubstantiation is the transformation of communion. Mm-hmm. And it's like very special wording. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, what? I learned um, that on The Simpsons. <laughs> look, predicting everything. Um, so the archives holds state papers, correspondence, account books, and literally any other documentation that the church has had a part in or has any interest in or can claim historical relevance in. And, and this is a collection that's accrued over the centuries, and it is nearly 52 miles of it. See, that's you don't have 52 miles of documents without something that would turn the world on its head, in my opinion. Oh, exactly. And then you also have to think like, it's one of the most secure buildings. Like it's one yeah. of the most secured, locked down, airtight fucking you can you you just like you can't. You can't get in there if you wanted to. And um and I fucking like, want to so bad. Oh, I know. I mean so like bad. if you've seen Angels and Demons, you know how like locked down this fucking shit is, but it's you, when you think about the historical power of the catholic church i mean technically it's still kind of as powerful but like when you when you think about it at its peak like they could just take and they have taken anything and everything and it is just stowed away and locked in there and because they have their own basically like rules laws and regulations they don't have to answer anyone about it like it just is what it is it's it's similar to the smithsonian right where the smithsonian has literally dictated what we know about natural and human history because they just don't present artifacts that don't fit into the status quo. Yeah, like, they just keep them cataloged away underneath yeah. the basement and an intern gets paid $15 to get the dust off of them every now and then. 100%. But with the archives at the Vatican, it's even crazier than that because like you and I technically if we tried hard enough could get a job at the Smithsonian and probably get our hands on something that's not to the public eye, right? Yeah. That is not the fucking case here. You have to be born into, essentially, and like die out of the position that gets you within yeah. two certain areas would, of the archive. It would be easier to become uh, like higher ups in the Mason organization. You know, it would be easier for us to convert to Mormonism and then get our temple recommends. Like that, it would be easy. Yeah. It, that yeah. would be a fucking cakewalk in comparison to getting into the Vatican and hold any type of power, especially as women. We're fucked. Yeah, we couldn't do it anyway. But um, they allow like certain people to come in. But again, it's just like, it, to me, um, people being allowed entry into the Vatican archives is just like the tourist groups that go to North Korea. Like, you're not actually, that's not it. You're being shown, like, the corner and the front of the room that has the National Geographic magazines. Yeah. It's like the fake food, or it's like the food at the supermarket that no one's allowed to buy because they want to keep that presentation up. Yeah, it's literally the fake food displays in the fake grocery store that you drive past in with your bus that's been staged that way for the last five years. Right. 
it's that same fucking shit. So anyway, um, shocking to maybe no one, some conspiracies as to what's hiding in there have arisen. And here are some that I found. There's a lot here. Let me say this. There are a lot. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of conspiracies about what they have in there. The problem finding any piece of semi-coherent information about it because um, just as Catholicism has been around for a while and has created an eclectic group of people, um, the same type of people who are drawn to it talk about conspiracies with it are just as crazy. So um, it's tough to find in-depth knowledge and examples about the imaginary place that essentially doesn't exist, if that makes sense. So let's talk about them. And the first one, honestly, kind of low-key my favorite, is that the Vatican is holding secrets that prove that Jesus does not exist. And this is a really fun one for me because, oh boy, do I believe it. This one's interesting because it goes, because I've heard conspiracies saying that like, Obviously, like, Jesus existed, but he wasn't the son of God as a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. This one is the one that just being, like, nope. Literally just, like, a figment of someone's imagination slapped onto historical papers. Um, yes and no. A little bit of both, actually. So, there are reports that the archives contain communication between Emperor Nero, who is the fifth emperor of Rome. He is... L- l- was i should say he was loved by the lower class and hated by the aristocracy nero nero yeah fucking how many neros are there which nero because there's one nero who fucked a horse and everyone hated him um well this nero loved the theater he loved acting and he loved poetry and he would oftentimes basically do pop-up improv um in like the the like lower class areas. And that's what made the aristocracy hate him. He was also adopted. Um, like he was the, he was a orphaned. Um, I don't son. know, man. I think we have to be thinking of different Nero's because, or Nero you're just falling into the propaganda because no, this guy was insane. He was like a sadist dude. I mean, here's the thing. He murdered thousands of people. It wasn't there just like, is- it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like fun eccentricity like he was like a a war criminal and i mean all roman emperors were wake up this one just so happened to be very much loved by the okay. lower class and um yeah he he was a, an aficionado of the arts he loved culture and he loved calciums so anyway <laughs> it just sounds like you've okay. fallen very much into the um aristocracy dude no i'm not i can't okay so i'm willing to buy into this but like if we're talking about the same nero he was not a fucking beloved person he was the notoriously most cruel emperor in history i mean some people some contemporary sources most contemporary sources of the time would refer to him as tyrannical, self-indulgent and debauched he kicked a but he kicked his pregnant wife to death you are saying you are saying that 
like King Henry didn't behead all of his wives. Don't come at me like Nero is anything different than everything that has come before him and after him. Okay? You're just falling into propaganda right now. Oh, I think you're falling into propaganda. You're falling into propaganda. Dude, what I've wanted to do What emperor hasn't kicked their pregnant wife to death? That's what you need to ask yourself. You are so wrong about that, and it's hilarious, and you know that to be true. Why do you think think there was a separation of the church in the first place? Oh, Dude, because I a gotta, man wanted to, to be a gotta um, fucking self-indulgent tyrannical. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm 99% sure that Nero is the one who... This part is actually cool, but he, like, professed that he wanted to go to war with Poseidon or whatever, so he instructed his army to just go out and hack the shit out of the ocean. See, <laughs> he's like, a you full are, war. So that's Once again, like, you're trying. All I'm doing is like, yep, Nero's my fucking guy. He's my favorite fucking no, guy. this guy was a fucker, dude. We um, got I've wanted to do an episode about how terrible Nero was for a while. because If I'm you want to sure. do an episode of how terrible Nero is, then you're <laughs> going to have to be doing episodes on how every ruler and emperor I'm, and king is also the worst I'm pretty the sure world. that Garth Ennis did a comic about Nero and that should tell you the content because he's cool so anyway was Nero an asshole was Nero hold on let me finish it was Nero an asshole I I feel like this is one of my like guilty pleasures but I think they called him Caligula he earned the reputation as a neckbeard asshole Mm-hmm. According to Reddit, he was the epitome of what the senatorial class hated as an emperor. Maybe that's why you like it, because the, the senators and the government did hate him. I literally told you he was hated by the aristocracy because he basically was like, suck my dick, bitch. And then he would like go party and get drunk with like all the lower class people. But he was also like considered – maybe this is why you like it, because he was considered as an antichrist to the Christians. So maybe just like that. But he wasn't a good person. I think that None of his- them are. You cannot be an emperor of Rome and be a good person. It's an oxymoron. So pick your favorite poison. He's mine. And the reason why is because... <laughs> According to epicfails.com, he is a ruthless asshole and has the worst approval ratings ever. A ruthless asshole? Again, what, what are we saying here? In my Roman emperor? You better believe it. So... Um, he, he would go down his history as one of the worst rulers in history, right alongside with King John and Ivan the Terrible. This ruthless asshole ruled from AD, AD 54 until he committed suicide in 68 after he was declared enemy of the state. While everyone in the empire grabbed their torches and pitchforks. No yeah. other ruler could hope to match Nero's level of self-indulgence, cruelty, and sheer douchebaggery. I'm going to say something fucking, oh, he was... Oh, he was the Caligula redo. So Nero was quite possibly the worst of the notorious Roman emperors, which is really saying something. He was malicious and sadistic, and just like his cuckapoo predecessor Caligula, he had a hit list longer than Santa's naughty list. But I'm sure it was uh, just people who were close to him, which is cool. We do love to see it when they uh, destroy yeah. themselves from the inside. Yeah, again, what it, it's like you're just making me fall in love with him more. One of it's my like favorite notes about that- him is like, um, his the struggle for power between him and his mother subsided when he eventually had her killed, and it's just her, like yeah. go off, king. Oh, oh a like, self-indulgent emperor. You mean what they're supposed to do? Yeah. Self-indulgent. You know that he was like naked, jerking off in a hot tub with like beautiful women putting 
like grapes in his mouth. And you're going to sit here and look me in the eyes and tell me that he was a piece of shit. And that's, that's on you. He did burn a lot of his people to death when he just lit the city on fire. Yeah. Well, I was going to get into that. Okay. Um, That's fair. So long as we just cover all of it, but that would be a good episode to cover would be Nero. But Uh, also I would light my enemies on fire. If I was the Roman emperor, it's just like, put your, put your feet in his sandals because it all makes sense when you do. Okay, I'm just saying, it would be like saying, like, Trump is an asshole, but Trump's cancer, good guy. It's like, no, they both exist within this bullshit. Nero is the cancer. The only paralleled comparison between Nero and Trump is that if Nero also had Twitter, he would be hilarious. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And you can't deny it. And it's just like, no, I won't deny that. You know what I mean? So, um, as you said, after being declared public enemy by the Roman Senate, which again, the Senate, come on. Roman Senate at that time, I bet, you know, he was doing something really cool, like jerking off at the sun. Um, he committed, <laughs> he committed suicide at age 30. So frankly, I trust him. Yeah. Noah loves suicidal people so much that she fucking marries them. <laughs> <laughs> we should bleep that. No, keep it. Okay. That's what Nero would have wanted. Because so, <laughs> he's self-indulgent and polished like me. Uh, see? I look in the mirror, baby, because you're evil. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nero did nothing wrong. Oh, that. no! You can't say that! That's too uh, much of a hot take. That's terrible. He was Nero a fucking terrible wrong. person. Well. Yeah, nothing wrong. Um, and and uh, this will pr- further prove it. Um, because, yes, Nero did also blame the nine-day great fire of Rome that started. destroyed two-thirds of Rome on the Christians. Yeah, and he started it, it, though. probably was started by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was but right. But, again, I'm telling you, you're going to look me in the eyes and tell me that my enemy has to be the man who almost sabotaged an entire nation just to say, fuck you, Christians. Get get right with I yourself. I know, you're right. You're get right. I'm right humbled. with yourself. I'm humbled in that point only. <laughs> he said, I will burn this motherfucker to the ground, me included, if they go down with me too. And Nero, that is a man I can respect. Nero is the man who's like driving his kids on vacation and the kids are like, quietly bickering in the back seat and he's like i'm gonna turn this car around but instead he just flips it on the highway <laughs> and takes out the entire fucking freeway yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah tons of innocent people die but you know what he said he was gonna turn this car around mm-hmm. and he fucking did. <laughs> so at least he's a man of this insanely violent word yeah and you have to respect it because i unlike you i put myself in his sandals and i say if Christianity was booming at the time that I was ruling, and not just ruling, ruling the Roman Empire, I would be like, I literally, I, I say this every day. I'm going to light that person on fire. I would, I would no, well, do that. I would be like. You got to allow, you got you know, to allow for religious freedom no. to curate and no. prosper as a good leader. You can't. Not an agent you can't. Rome. Be a tar- you can't be a tyrant, Noel. That goes against everything that you love. No, it does not in this day and age. Okay, it's- he because like think about it. Nero would have been a fucking capitalist. I'm if, just saying it. No, he would not, and that's why the aristocracy hated him because they were. So get right with yourself. 
if I had go back in a time machine, I would go back and I would I would help Nero make sure that all of it was destroyed. <laughs> That's, That's what I would fair. do. So anyway, okay. So anyway, um, he did he did do the great fire of Rome, but he also did blame it on the Christians, which is pretty metal. Um, so anyway, these letters were between my guy Nero and Saint Paul or as you might just know him as referenced in the Bible and shit, Paul, um, who is apparently the most important person after Jesus when it comes to the history of Christianity. Of the 27 books in the New Testament, 13 are attributed to Paul, and approximately half of another, Acts of the Apostles, they deal with Paul, his life works. So about half of the New Testament stems from Paul and the people who he influenced. Only seven of the 13 letters, however, can be accepted as being entirely authentic, like written by Paul himself. The others come from his followers writing in his name, just to show how important he is. So again, you might be asking yourself, what did they have to talk about? They seem like mortal enemies. And I would say, you're right. But honestly, enemies have the most to talk about if you think about it. If I and, didn't read further, and I was like, I would just assume that he would be trying to convert either Rome into Christianity or c- convince Nero to be tolerant of Christianity. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Nope. Would nope. Nope. Because what is an enemy with power other than an ally you want? So these letters claim to talk about the existence of Jesus or the lack thereof. Hot take. And not as the way you were thinking, whereas in he didn't exist at all. Because no, they're talking about how he existed, but how he existed because they hired him to exist, how they made him to exist. That Jesus was no more than another puppet to use to gain control, and everyone was in on the bit. That Jesus, as the tool in Christianity, as the base, would be able to consume and mold pieces of all other religions into itself, allowing for an easier transition of mass indoctrination and conversion. And what better proof than that plan worked out in Christianity being the largest religion in the world? I mean, and you hear, like, we've talked about it before, how Christianity tends to adopt or... uh appropriate from other religions so on that base that does make sense because that is a truth that everyone accepts that christianity mm-hmm. has taken so many other things and then you get into the bigger level of like does jesus represent like the age of aquarius when you go into stuff like that which is like a huge theme in zeitgeist the movie mm-hmm. uh and that's like super fucking interesting and then i remember after 9 11 uh <laughs> i didn't mean to talk about 9 11 today do you yeah do you remember um, you should never forget after 9 11 they did a cultural outreach where they had uh, Muslim people come and talk to us just to, which was probably the smartest fucking thing that they ever could have done um, because it, they were like, hey, listen, this is really what the Muslim religion is about. And mm-hmm. we were allowed to ask questions. And one of the questions asked was like, well, what does the Muslim religion believe about Jesus? And they said that Jesus represented the age of medicine um, and that a lot of people interpreted the miracles that Jesus did and their interpretation or what I understood what they're explaining to me as a young child that um, Jesus just having like a medical affinity is what made people believe that he could have been the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So it's been something that's been kind of like going around because other religions don't deny the existence of Jesus. They just deny his existence as the Messiah. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, he fucking was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting thing. It was just like, he had a proficiency in medicine. Um, yeah. 
and what do we think of Jesus? We think of him healing people, mm-hmm. uh, healing himself even. Yeah. So that is an interesting nugget to stumble upon. Yeah. It, it's a fun, it's a fun conspiracy because like the, this is something I love, right? When we think about like ancient times like this, for whatever reason, our brains like put in what movies have told us. Yep. Whereas like we have actually found archaeological digs that show they essentially had like fast food counters with like little areas where you would sit your dog and you could like sit on the table and like eat your meals. They were almost like obviously not to the same level, but they shared a lot of like the same commonalities that we do today. In like even think about a Coliseum. It's essentially like they were at a fucking, you know, Sunday night football game. Like they, yeah. there's so, so much there. It's weird how our brains like to put them almost like, like rudimentary. Like they just crawled out of the caves and figured out what fire is when they were really so close to us as we are today, especially the Roman empire. And when you think about how they ruled and how they gained power and control and the political nature of how the royalty interacted with each other like to think like this play is like straight out of house of cards yeah oh the two most powerful groups who are enemies knew that the only way to beat everyone else was to come together and but they could never come together publicly they had to create a puppet that would symbolize everything that they individually wanted but would work together on through this vessel and when you look at it like that like an ancient house of cards episode it makes perfect fucking sense and then when you look at like how christianity specifically has bastardized all of these different um cultural practices into itself to make it more digestible for these people it it just paints an even clearer picture and then it also explains how almost everyone can agree like yeah like Jesus was a guy we saw him. Yeah, sure. But how other people are so righteous in their belief, like, yeah, but he was just a guy. You guys were yeah. there. You don't realize. A, a big thing about Paul's letters to Nero, too, is that and it's not it's not that Paul comes right out and says, like, hey, listen, this is a shtick. It's the way that Paul wrote the letters that leaves shit open for interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. So in these letters, he's talking to Nero, and he's like, hey, listen, you got to convert because we have this guy. This is Jesus. I'm going to tell you all about him. He's descendant of David, blah, blah, blah. That's like the fucking hook right there, right? Because if somebody is born of God or immaculate conception, that's what you should mention right out the gate, right? But Paul Mm -hmm. doesn't mention that. He mentions descendant of David, um, implying that Joseph, Jesus's uh, 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 step-parent in the Bible, uh, why would you fucking say that? Implying Mm -hmm. that Joseph is a descendant of David, which would make Jesus also a descendant of David. It's a very weird way to phrase it. And that's why people hook on to those types of things of saying like, why would he fucking say it like that? Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but it's also like on the flippity flip, you didn't talk about the mother's descendants. And you could also say Mary was technically a descendant of David, but that's still a weird way to mention it. Right. Especially yeah. if you're trying to convince this fucking guy, mm-hmm. you don't downplay your fucking Trump card. Yeah, if you're saying like, yeah, if you're saying with your entire chest, like, 
no, this guy is the son of God, then like yeah. you would literally say that. But like when you look at it more as a political play, as in like, yeah. hey, I need you to buy on. I yeah. it's it's literally like when like Republicans put up a candidate and they have to go to their constituents and say, I know you don't agree, but I need you to support so we yes. can have power. It's literally fucking that. And it's um, the nefariousness too is like what Q represents now, right? Mm-hmm. Q will take the things that you can kind of buy into of like, oh, you shouldn't trust the government because of X, Y, Z, and then spin it into something worse of like, you should take up arms and go shoot gun down this pizza joint. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. um, but it's, it's so, it's like definitely one of those things where it's like, you have to be direct because now is open for interpretation. Like, obviously years later. And if I was saying like, son of Joseph Jesus, you would know what I meant, but you would be like, why are you saying it that way? Mm-hmm. So I do think that's super interesting. And it's like, man, Paul, why I know. you fucking say it like that? My guy. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of my favorites. So the next one is about the three secrets of, I think it's like Fatima. Um, oh, you skipped number two. Oh, did I? You did. Yeah, oh, I did. Sorry. Sorry. Because this one is my favorite. Two? Okay, fine. <laughs> Two? You don't know why. Two? Is aliens. So, and, and this is, there's actually been like kind of an update um, to this all. So, the priest who directs the Vatican Observatory, yes, they have their own big ass yeah, that's telescope. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, Dr. Jose Funes was interviewed on May 13th, 2006 by a Vatican newspaper, Lo Observatore Romano, I don't know, uh, about the existence of alien life and said, they're Italian, who cares? And it <laughs> said, quote, this is not in contrast with the faith because we cannot place limits on the creative freedom of God, which, and that this is in reference to like aliens existing. Yeah. Um, which some say is a soft pivot away from the fact that the Vatican, like up until this point and the Catholic church in general had been pretty like anti-alien, pretty anti-extraterrestrial. It was, that was like a, the rule, like it was a no go. Um, But the Vatican has been attached to some of like the biggest UFO cover-ups on that side of the um, earth. And it got to the point where they were getting caught in cities after a crash was reported or a site was seen. Dude, and what if, what what, what if mean? the men in black were just fucking the Catholic Church? Yeah, what I if know. The Catholic Church? That'd be crazy scary. I know, right? but it would also make sense as to like how they were here and like all of those like medieval fucking drugs and shit. So anyway, oh and why they wore the weird little outfits. So oh <laughs> rather than deny, 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 like they have this like 2006 twist on the previous, like this is a no go, no rule is almost their way of merging the two because previous to this, one of the biggest threats to like Christian rule or Catholicism's rule um, was the existence of aliens. Like it was, it would have been the biggest crisis of faith. Um, And now if you try to look up this like once taboo topic, you'll find similar themes of quotes like aliens must be the work of God, not just in Catholicism, but from all other types of religions and religious leaders. They have pretty much all pivoted to this 
from their, for a lot of them, from their like previous hard staunch stance of no, absolutely no way. Um, which does make you think they know something. Yeah, that's um, scary, dude. Right? Like all of them. Um, and they're, the, other, the other big fun, the other big, the big fun, because like I said, Catholics and um, like the diocese of the church were being spotted in areas where crashes and sightings were reported. And you'd go, well, what, what were they doing there? Um, and before they became pro-alien and they were anti-alien, What's in the archives, you might ask, in their little secret hideaway in Vatican City? Oh, maybe think about spacecraft parts and alien. What? Was that an alien? Oh, that's <laughs> fucking scary, dude. I legitimately have no idea what the fuck it is. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that, it, was the, it was it was the sale. You know how I was like waiting. for Oh, like, my God. Are you in it? That scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I just have to sign in. Oh, my God. That I was like, the well, fuck the Catholic me, Church dude. is here to fucking kill us. Yeah. They're, <laughs> um, they're after me. So, yeah, it, the, the alien thing with the um, secret archives is two parts. It's that when they used to be anti-alien because it would have been the biggest like contradicting fact to um, like the creation of God and earth being like it in the main point, they were hiding remains and evidence and tech and crash, whatever like pieces from crashes in the archives. Now the pivot is more likely that they have proof and evidence and communications with other um, like religious leaders and governments about the existence of aliens. And so they have had to have these like um, shared conversations about how they'll pivot into becoming pro alien. And that's fucking scary. Right. Because I feel like the Vatican is similar to the U S government of like, they know, and they're going to do soft disclosure. Like once they can. Yeah. And this oh, feels yeah. like soft disclosure, and I, it scares me. Uh, it's it's soft disclosure in like the context of how we see it, but it's hard. It's a hard admission of guilt, or at least admission of truth. I guess would be the better way to put it. When yeah. you think about like pre two thousand six, the Catholic stance on extraterrestrial life. Yeah, because they wanted us to be the number one creation, and when you're not mm-hmm. the number one creation anymore, it takes away from your specialness. And it- you know, it takes, it, it challenges a lot, but yeah. And if like the entire basis and belief and buy-in into the shit you're peddling in Catholicism is like, you are the number one, you are the creation of God. And then along comes something else and it's bigger and better and shinier than you. Then your story seems like a fucking fairy tale. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, the next one is the three secrets of Fatima. So three children from Portugal received prophecies claiming they had been visited by the Virgin Mary six times between May and October of 1917. And throughout those visits, they were each given one secret. One of the secrets was witnessed by thousands of people and it was a vision of hell. I wanted to make you read this, but I think you're buying candles. For no, 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 I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so our lady showed us a great sea of fire, which seemed to be under the earth plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze floating about in the conflagration conflagration 
Where's the emphasis on the syllable go in there? <laughs> Does it matter? No. I don't know. Anyway, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves together with great clouds of smoke. Now falling back on every side like sparks in a huge fire, without weight or equilibrium, and amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repulsive likeness to frightful and unknown animals, all black and transparent. This vision lasted but an instant. How can we ever be grateful enough to our kind Heavenly Mother, who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven? Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. That is fucking scary, dude. Right? Imagine a little kid saying that to you, too. I, that's like where you got to do like an eighth trimester abortion. You just gotta, <laughs> yeah. you got to be like, Hup. Yeah, it's, it's, that is the verbal equivalent of like, you look down the hall and there's a spooky little ghost child yeah. waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The second secret was a statement that World War I would end along with a prediction of another war during the region of Pope whoever. Um, I think that's, I don't know, Pius IV? I don't know. Um, or that would be six. Yeah. <laughs> Should men- would it be 11? I don't know, man. I don't know. I thought, oh yeah, no, because the V... Is five, right? Yeah, and then yeah, the so, X so, is so that's eleven. Um, dumb, dude. It uh, took you know two what? Of us to figure they it didn't out. teach us Roman numerals in school. I they had to taught me Roman that out numerals, but I like fucking forgot. Okay, I fucking forgot. Yeah, I just I don't I don't ever I never got to X. I just stayed at V. So, <laughs> <laughs> so should men continue offering uh, or? Sorry, should men continue offending God and should Russia not convert? The second half requests that Russia be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So basically, like, war, stop being not Christian, and Russia needs to get their shit together. Yeah, they and, do. And be Christian. That was the so. second statement, the second secret, I should say. Okay. The third secret was suppressed and hidden. Um, so all the other secrets were written, like eventually the church was like, you better fucking give them to us. And yeah. they were like, ah, oh, okay, fine. But like, you have to read them at this certain point. Like she, Mary told me. And the third one was like, she was like, I can't, I literally can't. I'm so sorry. I can't. And it got to the point where she was fucking dying in old age. And they were like, the church was like, you need to write it down. Girly pop. You've got yeah. to give it to us. You've got to give it to us. And finally, she was like, okay, just because, like, I know I'm going to die soon. And she wrote it down and sealed it and was like, but you cannot fucking open it until this time. And they surprisingly did. And this is where the rumors come from. Because when they opened this suppressed and hidden and secretive and important and damned letter... They just came out in fucking 2000 and were like, oh my God, it actually is just about a failed assassination attempt on a Pope that no one cares about. Oh my God, that's so crazy. Anyway, bye. That's not true. Yeah, everyone was like, uh, what? All that fucking hype for what? And it's because the third secret was actually the telling of a nuclear holocaust and a man-made disaster in which we would now call climate change. And the end of the world. That's scary, dude. I've heard about this a little bit before. Um, just when I, I don't know. We learned about it in anthropology. 
but that's fucking scary, dude. And it makes perfect fucking sense. It does. Like, and just like the shitty, the shitty, like, uh, oh, hey, it was actually just like, oh, it was just a little failed, failed attempt. Haha, <laughs> that's so silly, funny, crazy. And it's like, generations have gone by. And that's all yeah. it was. Yeah, fucking yeah. right. Like, the other, the other ones were about hell and war. And you're going to sit here and tell me, like, the one that was guarded with someone's life is just about a failed assassination know, attempt? It, like, it's fine. No big deal. Yeah, it's like, they, come on, you guys have been more creative than that. Be yeah. better. So, the last one I'm going to talk about is pretty quick and simple and easy. I'm ready for it. A question I often ask myself is, who holds the largest collection of porn and erotica? Uh, is that, I was wanting you to say Pez dispensers. I don't know why. Maybe those two, if they're but- shaped like a penis, <laughs> they would be there. <laughs> it's definitely got to be the fucking Vatican. You know it. You fucking know it. So the question, is it a public collection, is it a private, is answered um, when Copenhagen's Museum of Erotica claims that that award goes to the Vatican Library or the Vatican Archives. Um, and it's been estimated, estimated, Jesus, that there are over 25,000 volumes and some 100,000 prints of erotica and porn. A collection, erotica, though? I'm well, curious. The thing is, is like, you have everything from like Renaissance style erotica okay. to like rudimentary dildos. And the fun part is like any, as we talked about earlier in this episode, any spicy fucking Catholic shit. Yeah. I'm talking everything from full blown production studio making a five star porn in a like um, mock up confessional booth glory hole style anything from that to a cell phone video you took of yourself in a, in a nun habit uh twerking why? Why? you're asking the wrong question because it should be why not anything <laughs> related I'm curious i'm like why why does anything anything related to catholicism is in there so Every version, shape, color, scent of Catholic porn and erotica and toys and outfits and machines yeah, and but condoms. Do they watch it? Do they watch I mean, what, yeah, what? Chelsea, they, they touch little boys. Of course they're <laughs> fucking watching it. What do you mean? <laughs> they may not need it. You know what I mean? They are watching it. I'm just so curious as to why the Vatican. I get the Renaissance stuff because it's historical, but why would they need to curate fresh porn? It has. If it has, re- remember to what the definition of the archives is. Any piece of anything related to the church, indirect or direct, anything that they can find correlation or causation to, they have rights to over. So, like, if you're dressed as a priest juggling dicks in your hands it's going into the archive baby yes that's so weird man um and this collection is significantly larger than that of the private collection in the british museum library which estimates to be around 2000 volumes and the enfer of bibliothèque nationale that holds 2500 volumes that is weird 
And with that, I say adieu. Um, so yeah, those are some of the family-friendly uh, secrets of the Vatican archives. That's fun, dude. I'm so sorry for just texting you Vatican out of the blue and then putting this in your lap, but you took it and you ran with it. Hey, if there's one thing I love doing more than anything, it's exposing religion. So you can always count on me. Yeah, you did. Bravo. I, I hope we all learned something today. I did. I did not know that they had the market on porn collection. Yeah, and you want to know what's funny is that, like, Snopes even went and, like, tried to, uh, like, valid validate and verify, and they're like, this has got to be false, and it's just like, sure, guys. Yeah, because they only showed you their Renaissance collection. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like the Vatican could just be like, no, that's not accurate. But the They're fact like, that- why would you think that? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, interesting. But then that one guy's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, that's true. Yeah, I, I can only it imagine. While they come and ask. I can only imagine what they have in there. Probably dark. I, I mean, I want to imagine. I just want to go. I want to be allowed access to any part of the secret Vatican archives. I want to go to there. Um, they definitely won't let you. I know, but I wish I would. You know, that's your own personal Da Vinci Code. Um, and speaking of secrets, here's one that isn't. Um, you can go to <laughs> the link in all of our bios. I am at Noel Fane. That is at Sith Lord. We are at Go to Hell Podcast. In that link, you can find our merch page. You can find Kelly Holloran or Wildwood Owl's Etsy page. She makes us all of our cool stickers and she also makes her own cool art. So check that shit out. Um, you can also find. A link to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. New episodes every week. It's going down over there. It's fun. It's good times. Um, We have a link to our Discord server. And again, I don't know why you would need it, but um, it also has places you can listen to us, which seems crazy since you're listening to us now. Um, We also... (laughs) We... We also um, are looking at potential sponsors for the podcast. And one of them is a talking Jesus doll and they're very serious about it. I don't think we're going to make it through their vetting process because you have to submit a proposal to them and they look into you and approve it. But I will say that we will try for you guys. We will try try hard. We're going to try to get it um, to be able to run you the ads for the um, talking Jesus doll Um, which I'm just going to go ahead and they're going to get kind of a free ad right now. So like, honestly, if they look it up, they should be able to like see us really going in and going hard for them. Um, Let me find their proposal. Talking Jesus doll DR, the customer. Our customer is an activist Christian parent and grandparents. They want their child to know Jesus and will prioritize that over anything else. The product our product is the Talking Jesus doll, a beautiful plush. <laughs> I don't know why I say beautiful plush Jesus. It's like <laughs> a beautiful plush Jesus doll that talks. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, fun. It's fun. When you squeeze his hand, he speaks 10 of Jesus' phrases from the Bible, from the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16. Like Austin 3.16. Yeah, I was just going to say Austin 3.16. We made the doll to make this sentence is so real real. We made the doll to make the love 
and lessons tangible to young children, kids are attracted to his warm, loving smile. They want to hug the soft doll and love to push his hand to make him talk. The best part is they are learning the Bible verses that will last a lifetime. Customers love it, and we have hundreds of five-star reviews. The one-liners that, so these are the taglines we can oh, use. Like yeah, give them to me. Put the Christ back in Christmas. Hell yeah. yeah that pagan holiday. Yeah. Um, make Christmas Christian again. Again. Like the pagans. Teach your kids before the world does. And that is Talking Jesus Doll by Jesus Doll DR. And you know who? And they have a budget of up to $25,000. So anyway, you know wow. you know who would, who I think would be a real appreciator of the Talking Jesus Doll? Me. Besides you, because I might just get it for you. Typhoid <laughs> Taylor. And Typhoid Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we would love and it. And add after both of your hearts. Yeah. You know, it's it's the man, the the she, the him, the they that doesn't need a talking doll for us to love him. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm going to go ahead and give a, a mighty strong Hail Satan. I could actually sign off on giving Satan a Jesus doll. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm going to say hail the person who fucking got to the bottom of the porn collection because that's just fascinating. Yeah, definitely hail the person who saw the the Vatican porn collection and was like, "I've got to tell someone." Sure, really. Tell the people, <laughs> yeah, they had to tell the people. Thank you for your knowledge, sir, and I'm so sorry that they crucified you for it. Yeah, so interesting. Well, thank you for the, all that information. I'm gonna chew on it like a nice piece of wood. <laughs> yeah, have fun with it, <laughs> and then take that wood, nail it together, and hang yourself on it because you're Jesus Christ crucified on the cross. That is blasphemy. Um, <laughs> what a perfect uh, way to end it. Also, everyone, head on over to Bath & Body Works for their candle sale. No, don't Ooh. tell them. I want the fucking candle. Okay, well, you gotta text me what flavors you want, other than You know which uh, ones I want. Citrus. It's, yeah, Midnight Citrus Blue. Yeah, I already got you, like, so many of those for your birthday. But There's not enough. I'm already through one of them. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, alright. Bye! Bye.